Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. This is Wednesday night Bible study, Personal Touch, International Ministries Bible Study, where our pastor is Apostle Tracy Robinson, and our pastor is Pastor Roosevelt Robinson. You can find out more about us by logging onto our website at www.igba, I'm sorry, Personal Touch International Ministries dot org. Again, that's Personal Touch International Ministries dot org, where our pastors are Apostle Tracy Robinson and Roosevelt Robinson. Tonight, you know, we are going to be talking about moving with God. We're going to be talking about learning to move with God and reminding each of us that God not only controls the season and changes. He is the season and the change. You know, during the holidays, we have this little saying that says Jesus is the reason for the season. So in a sense, Jesus is the reason for the season, for the time changes, the seasons that change in our lives. So again, you please get your paper and your pen so you can take um, write some scriptures down, and you will need them because you're going to, uh, once we finish here, you can study the rest of the week. I'll go ahead and give you the scriptures uh, first, and then we can kind of come back to do that. The first scripture you will need is Ecclesiastics 3 and 1. You can write that down, Ecclesiastics 3 and 1, Ecclesiastics 3 and 11, 1 Samuel 15:35, 1 Samuel 16:1. And Exodus thirteen twenty one, and we'll actually start with that scripture. And there'll be a few more, but um, those are the scriptures that we'll definitely be um, referencing tonight. Again, Exodus thirteen twenty one, and I think the definitely the key scriptures are going to be the ones in First Samuel uh, fifteen thirty five. And First Samuel sixteen one. Again, this is Personal Touch International Ministries Bible Study. Our pastors are Apostle Tracy Robinson and Pastor Roosevelt Robinson. And tonight we're going to be looking at learning to move with God. God not only controls the seasons and changes; He is the season and the change. And we're going to talk more more about that. Um, let me start here. Um, Exodus 13:21. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to be giving out a lot of scriptures, so make sure you have your pen and your paper. Exodus 13:21, and it says, "And the Lord went before them by day, in a pillar of a cloud, to lead them the, the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, to go by day and night." Verse 22 says, "He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day." 
nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So again, when we look at Exodus here, the the people that the scriptures reference are the children of Israel. The children of Israel had recently come out of bondage, and they were being led through the wilderness. Moses was leading them through the wilderness. And what God did, he gave them a visible representation, a visible manifestation, if you will, of his guidance. You know, because they were able to see. The scripture says, the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud. So they were able to see that, to lead them the way, and by night, a pillar of fire to give them light. And this happened day and night. This happened day and night for a period of time uh, while they were in the wilderness. Okay? Um, as 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 we look at the Israelites' journey through the wilderness, we can be encouraged that the Lord will lead and guide us through this salvation journey. Just like he took the children of Israel through their journey, through their 40 years in the desert, he'll take us through, and he has taken us through. He'll take us through our journey of salvation or whatever journey that he calls for us to to go on. He has promised that he will not fail nor forsake us. That's Deuteronomy 31 and 6, if you want to reference that. He has promised that he will not fail nor forsake us, and, and as he was with them throughout their journey, and we're talking about the children of Israel, to the promised land, he is also with us. God knows what he is doing. And when we are uh, walking with God, when we are on a journey with God, sometimes it may not seem that way, but we have to know that God knows what he's doing. You know, although there are times in our lives when we are unsure about the direction we are to go and when we should go, we can be fully persuaded that as we acknowledge God and give him the control of our lives, he will, in his divine wisdom, lead us on the sound, soundest, path, soundest path and best route to take. In the Gospel of Luke 9.51, it tells us that Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem. Here we can see that Jesus was moving according to God's will and purpose for his life. He was on a course to fulfill the perfect plan of God. And we know that Jesus Christ is our, is our example. But one of the keys is, well, there are two keys. There are many, but I guess a couple I'll focus on tonight is one of the keys in moving with God is trust and flexibility. Again, we're talking about learning to move with God. And two of those keys in learning to move with God is trust and flexibility. You know, God may deal with, we have to understand that God may deal with us differently in each season of our walk with him. Um, In one season, he may lead by fire. Another season, you know, he may lead by the ark. We know also um, the ark of covenant. God also led the children of Israel. Again, this was another visible manifestation of God's presence um, to the children of Israel as they wandered in the, in the desert. The Ark of the Covenant, they carried, the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant um, throughout the 40 years, but that only didn't last forever. You know, at a certain point, that also came to an end. But the thing is, God will lead us different ways depending on our season in life with him and depending on where we are with God. You know, Ecclesiastics, and this is one of the first scriptures I told you to write down, says that there is a season a time appointed for everything, and a time for every delight, an event or purpose under heaven. So there is, we, first of all, we have to know that there is a season. There's a certain time for everything. 
Ecclesiastics 3 and 11 lets us know that God has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. And he'll do that. He'll make everything beautiful and appropriate, not in our time, but in his time. You know, Um, he also lets us know, you know, people say, what about if I miss God or whatever? I heard this woman of God say one time, if you miss God, he'll find he'll find you. So you don't have to stress up even about that. The scripture, Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, says he has also planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose in the human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet man cannot find out, comprehend, grasp what God has done, his overall plan from the beginning to the end. The only way we're going to be able to do this, the scripture is saying God puts a part of himself in us. And it's kind of like a little, uh, uh, if you think about, you, you've seen those dog whistles where the someone will blow the whistle, but the dog is the only one can hear it because of the pitch, because of the sound of the whistle. So in a sense, God has put his eternity in us, right? And he'll blow that whistle, if you will. And even though we may not be able to, to know what we're doing, we may not be able to feel it or to sense it, our spirits will begin to move with God. You know, if we get out of the way, our spirits will begin to move with God. Now, there will be some situations that we go through will cause us pain. Because, again, when you're walking with God, we're going to have to learn to move with God. You know, we're going to have to understand that God controls our seasons and he controls the changes, right? But we can get in the way. We can hold things up by um, not moving when God tells us to move. But understand there, there are some situations God will say enough is enough, and it will cause us pain. You know, in First Samuel fifteen thirty-five, um, lets us know, and we know that Saul was the first king over Israel, and Samuel had anointed Saul to be king. But as the scripture lets us know that Saul disobeyed, and once he disobeyed and took God's glory, God no longer um, uh, wanted him to be king anymore. God chose David, chose someone else. But Saul really was invested in, I mean Saul, I'm sorry, Samuel was really invested in in Saul. He was really hurt by what happened. You know, the scriptures, 1 Samuel 15.35 says, Until the day Samuel died, he didn't go to see Saul again, though Samuel mourned for him. So once Saul um, committed the, the sin, you know, the scripture lets us know that Samuel never went to Saul again. But even though he never spoke to Saul again, the scripture lets us know that he mourned for him, that he was troubled by what happened. You know, he was sad about what had happened. You know, because, again, he had loved Saul. You know, Saul was the first king. He had a lot of high hopes for Saul. You know, and sometimes that happens with us. We may have a lot of high hopes for our children, a lot of high hopes for our future, a lot of high hopes for our jobs and things like that. And then it seems like it doesn't work out. You know, and it's okay to mourn. It's okay to feel sad because that's natural. But at some point, First Samuel sixteen eleven, the Lord said to Samuel, "How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king." So we know from reading. Samuel, that God gave um, Saul an opportunity, Samuel, an opportunity to mourn, you know, and and God will do that for us. He'll give us an opportunity 
to mourn things that we've lost, you know, lost opportunities, you know, lost um, choices that we made, you know, lost family members, you know, he'll give us an opportunity to do that. But even though it may seem like that we've lost something or things may not have gone away in our mind, we thought they were going to go, you know, God is still saying that at some point, you know, he, he, we will have to move on. You know, at some point, he's not going to stay in the same place, you know, because God is always moving, even though it may seem like a loss to us because we're just finding it out. We, God moves in eternity. We're limited to time. So I may just find out today that the job that I really liked is no longer, and I'm disappointed and I'm, I'm mourning, but God already knew in eternity that the job will be no more. He already knew that. But so because he already knew that, one, like I said, he'll allow us to mourn. It's okay to do that, but he already always has another plan. God always has an ace in the hole, if you can, um, if I can say it like that, you know. Um, so we have to kind of, kind of remember that. Luke twenty-four and six. You know, the last part of that says, "Why are you looking for the living one?" Among the dead. This was right after Jesus Christ had already told them that he was going to die, that he was going to rise again. He already told them that. But they were looking for him at the tomb, the, the women. And the angels were like, okay, why are you looking for him here? Remember, he told you that he would, um, he would rise again. So again, some of us, we have to ask ourselves, why are you looking for the living one among the dead? Why are you looking for um, a, 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 a regrowth here when God already told you that it was dead? Or he's already moving in the direction. Sometimes God may not tell the, tell you, you know, face to face or go a word, but in your spirit, when God is beginning to move, we have to move with Him, and that's what we talk about flexibility. Learning to move with God is our our scripture here. Um, any questions or comments before I keep going? Okay. Our next one here is how long? So my question tonight. I have several questions. Um, if you have any comments, just please stop me. Um, I believe I gave out the scriptures, but I'm going to um, keep moving here. Um, how long will you mourn for a dead situation? Okay. How long will you mourn, mourn for a dead relationship? The past. Some of us, we have to realize the ark has moved on. And for some of us, the ark has moved on. For some of us, the ark is moving. Okay, so when we talk about the ark, as I mentioned before, the ark was the ark of the covenant, was a, another visible manifestation of God's presence to the children of Israel. And the ark was with the children of Israel as they wandered in the desert. Like I said, the priests would carry it. But as we know, in Second Chronicles 35 and 3, the priest, they were told at that point that, that they no more to carry. They were told to put the ark down. They didn't have to keep carrying it on their shoulders. So at some point, you know, God is saying, it will say to us or require of us to move on. Sometimes we can be so stubborn. We can want it, our things to go our way, you know, that we're not sensitive in our spirit when God is preparing, wants us to move on. Okay? For some of us, um, it's time to cross over. You know, if God is calling you to move on, then move on. You know, this, again, is not going to be for everyone, but you have to know where you are. For some of you here, it's time to cross over to the other side. What do you mean the other side? The other side of failure, the other side of pain, the other side of sorrow. You know, the enemies of your destiny that you see now, you won't see anymore. 
these this this sometimes we get caught in a cycle. We get caught in a in a doing the same thing over and over again. That's an enemy to our destiny. You know, our feelings, our negative feelings, our negative emotions are ne- are enemies to our destiny. Okay, but we have to get to the other side. The other side is where Jesus Christ is now. The other side is where Jesus Christ is preparing to move. Once we get to the other side, then we can move past the failures. We can move past the pain. For some of us, again, it's time to cross over to the other side. You know, if God is calling you to cross over, then you need to cross over. You know, in order to get what God has for us, we have to learn how to adjust to the change and seasons in our lives. In every season of life, we must learn to be content. The scripture tells us that. Some seasons will occur just as a result of of living. You know, you, you get married, you have kids, or you... Kids grow up, they move out, they get a job, they start their own families, and that ushers into a new season, you know. You, so now you go from being a parent, I mean, to being single to being a parent, that's a new season. You go from being a parent to being a grandparent, that's a new season. You go from a new job, that's a new, a new season. Um, so sometimes seasons just happen as a result of life change naturally. You know, you were young, now you get old. Then there are some seasonal changes that come about as a result of decisions that we make. You know, I decide to go away to school. I decide to take this job or not take that job. Each time I make a, we make a decision, that enters us into a new season, a new part, a new chapter of our lives. Or if we choose not to make a decision, that can keep us stuck from moving forward in whatever life that we have. Just like in the natural, you are young and then you are old, um, that also happens in the spiritual realm as well. In the spiritual realm, you know, there's as we grow in God, there are some seasons that we'll, we enter into. You know, once we get into some seasons in our lives spiritually, the things that used to satisfy us, God won't, our appetites will, our spiritual appetites will begin to change. And that's got, got a, a, a indication, or could be, that God is beginning to usher us into something else. You know, the words that you used to hear no longer interest you. The, 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 the songs, the people that you used to, you know, as far as listen to the radio and TV, that no longer satisfy you because God is drawing you closer, you know, moving you forward. You know, some of you have gotten, you know, um, you've already, you're in 12th grade, you know, you've already graduated high school and you're still sticking around 12th grade. Now, you've been in 12th grade for five years now. You don't want to move on. God is saying, okay, you've been in 12th grade for five years now. You got the certificate. You got all the awards that you can get in the 12th grade. You're the biggest kid in the class. You know, you got to have to move on to, to college now. You know, God has wants us, some of us to begin to, to move forward. He wants to change our seasons. Sometimes we're praying and asking God to do something in our lives, and he can't do it because of where we are. We, he can't do it because we won't allow him to change our seasons. Because, again, a season change comes about as a decision. When you say yes to the Lord, that enters you into a season change. Or like I said, when you say um, you, you no to the Lord. Ecclesiastics 3 and 1, like I said, lets us know that there is a season, a time appointed for everything, and a time for every delight and event or purpose under heaven. And in every event and every purpose, 
he would he as outlined in Ecclesiastes three and eleven, he'll make everything appropriate in his time. You know, thing about it is God. The problem, like I said, is sometimes we don't recognize that God has moved on. There are a lot of ways that God may may lead us. You know, through through dreams, Genesis twenty eight ten and nineteen, through visions, through symbolics, through a gentle whisper through miraculous signs. Sometimes he'll talk to us face-to-face, and sometimes, more than likely, many times, he'll just he'll give us his word. But the thing is, we have to prepare to kind of move forward. Um, are there any comments? Go ahead, y'all. You teach it. Okay. Amen. And God bless you, Apostle. All right. Just as, you know, one of the things I, I've noticed, um, as soon as where, where I live at here, as soon as the temperature changes or gets warm, the flies come, they flock. I have a tree outside my window. And, I mean, as soon as the temperature gets warm, it's like the flies, they just can't wait. They they flock outside the window because um, the tree is right outside my window. And some kind of way, I, one of them will get in because I don't have a screen, of course, even though the window's closed. They'll get in. You know, so what happened a couple of days ago, um, the same thing happened. The temperature, I think, went up a little bit, and one of them got into my room. So as I got up to get my spray, you know, I, the Lord gave me a thought about flies, how flexible flies are. You know, when it's hot, they come out. When it's cold, they die or hibernate somewhere. I don't know where they go. When it's hot, even if the temperature only lasts for a few hours, as in the case you know, when we have unusually hot weather. You know, it doesn't matter. It can be freezing on Monday, but if that temperature goes up Tuesday morning or whatever, then I'm going to see a fly. And then if the temperature goes back down, then no more flying. So the thing is, the flies are, are real flexible. And I notice how the flies, they just move on. They come, they move on. They don't seem to complain. They don't seem to wonder why and complain about the seasons of life they're in. They just adjust to the seasons. They adjust and they move on. They seem to trust and rely on what the weather does. You know, if the weather's cold, you know, they, they know. I guess they know if they get in, they're going to be killed, the spray or whatever. But they adjust, you know. And the thing is, as we, as people of God, we have to begin to adjust. We have to know that the weather, if you will, uh, the spiritual temperature, the spiritual weather, our spiritual lives is controlled by God. And that because he controls the, the, our weather, our seasons, our times, we have to prepare to adjust, to adjust. So even though I may have thought Monday at 9 o'clock that this job was going to be a good thing, and then I find out Monday afternoon that it's not, I have to learn to kind of shake the dust off my feet and keep moving. You know, I have to learn to say, God, I thank you. You know, I have to learn be like the angels and say, holy, 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 again. It's okay to mourn. It's okay to be hurt. But we have to know that God, we don't have all the answers. God is not going to give us all the answers. The scripture says we know in part and we prophesy in part. We have to just trust that God knows what he's doing. Um, okay, just like the fly adjusted changes in the weather, we need to learn to adjust. You know, God is saying to some of us that we have to learn to adjust to what he's doing. You know, um, don't hold on to, and this is just an example, don't hold on to a coat because you think you may need it. Be flexible. If you go out without a coat and the temperature changes, then just get one. Again, what am I saying here? 
This is an example. It's like, you know, some of us, we want to prepare for every contingency. And we should prepare because the scripture tells us that we should do that. But there are going to be times that even if you pray, even if you fast, and even if your best laid plans, they may not go the way that you want them to go. You know, because God sometimes has to get us to step out. He's just trying to get us to move forward in the plan that he has for us. And sometimes the only way he can do to get us to move in to the unknown is by presenting something known to us. You know, if he presents something that we're familiar with, that will cause us to step out into the unfamiliar. And then when we get out there, we're like, oh, my God, what happened? And all it is is God is just wanting to change our seasons. Um, God is saying to some of us, if he moves left, you move left. If he moves right, you move right. Again, like I said before, you can't prepare for everything. Be flexible and sensitive to the seasons, you know, to the change and rejoice no matter how long the seasons last. You know, just like the thermometer will adjust based on the temperature in a room, we have to be flexible to adjust to God and what he's doing. Seasons don't last. Things do change. Seasons may last for a day, a week, an hour, you know, uh, 10 years, 15 years, whatever. But seasons don't, I should say, don't have to change. And God's, I mean, don't have to stay forever. The reason why some of us are depressed and, you know, upset is because we're too long. We stay too long in a particular season. We're stuck, and we can't move forward there, but we have to be flexible. You know, God is saying to some of us, be sensitive to him because he's the change. Like I said before, that that little saying, Jesus is the reason for the season, um, just know that God is your change, C-H-A-N-G. He is your season. So in other words, he's behind every change in your life. He's behind every season. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have any responsibility, but it's just saying that if we trust him and be flexible when he's moving, you know, he's not moving. Sometimes we want to move because we want to move. But you'll know when God is preparing to, to move you on. You know, you have to be sensitive to that. But this is not about what you want. It's about, you know, even after you tried your your best to make something happen, and if nothing is happening, sometimes you may just have to rest in the Lord and let him do what he needs to do. As I said before, seasons can last several moments, weeks, or several months, or several years. But the thing is that they're not designed to last forever. Unfortunately, we can make them last forever because we don't want to move on in our mind. So what we're saying, I'm saying now it's forget about, you know, what you thought. In order to move in with God and to be flexible, for some of us, for some of us, if God is moving us in that direction, you know, we've got to forget about what you thought or what you want. You have to move with God. God, The ark, for some of us, for some of you, is, is moving, okay? Deliverance is now. The door is open now. Cross over, you know, free yourself of old thoughts, old ways of doing things, thinking, acting, and behaving. God is saying to some of us, I'm no longer there. I'm no longer where I used to be. He's saying, cross over. I have moved on. I have crossed over. I have cro- so cross over with me. Okay. God is saying, I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. I'm moving on to something else now. You know, it's, it's time to get out of the 12th grade. I'm not going to come around again and give you another graduation certificate for your fifth time in the 12th grade. Okay? We've got to move on now. Okay, scripture says, how can two walk together if we are not agreed? God is saying we got to agree with him, agree with his way of doing, his way of thinking, 
his way of seeing things. Cross over to the other side. Again, cross over. On the other side, there is power. On the other side, there is peace. On the other side, there is victory, deliverance, joy, life everlasting. All of these things are on the other side when we move with God. Death is on the on this side. On this side, there's nothing but death. You know, if you look at it on the right side and the left side, God is saying cross over to the left side. You want to stay on this side. Death is on this side. Death is over here if you don't move. What do you I mean death? Death of your vision? I'm not talking about a natural death. I'm talking about death of your vision, death of your ideas, death of your dreams, death to everything that God has ordained for your life if you don't cross over with him for some of us. Because what happens is if you don't cross over, you know, it's, if the children of Israel, you know, had, didn't leave, when you look at Lot's wife, well, Lot's wife didn't cross over when it was time to cross over, and she turned into a pillow of, of salt. Now, if you don't cross over now, some of you are going to be stuck. It's going to be a long time for God to come back around again. Some of the things God is dealing with you, and he's giving you ideas. He's telling you to move forward and do this in ministry and giving you, you know, things for your family. And you don't want to, you know, you're afraid to step out or you're not sure if you should step out. Here's the thing. You've been in the 12th grade too long now. Just step out. And if you, you, you fail, you know, it doesn't go the way you thought, at least, you know, it's no at least. If you step out, God will be with you either way. But death is on this side. If you stay too long in this side, your vision will, will die. Your vision will not grow if you stay on this side because you, you'll miss your moment. You know, we always talk about um, the scripture, how God can restore the years, you know, um, and that's true. You know, that that's true to a certain extent. But to a certain extent, there are some things that that's not true. You know, for example, if you're a woman, if you're 50, 55 years old, you're not going to be having any children, especially once the time of life has passed. I'm just using that for an example. So there are some things that you that honestly and truly is not going to be able to happen, again, unless it's really a miracle, but in general, it's not going to be able to happen. So there are some things that you have to move when God says move now. When God says cross over with me now, and it's not God is being punitive or saying, no, I'm not going to do it. He knows that the window, you know, he, God knows the end from the beginning. For some of the ideas and plans and dreams that you have, you know, that you need to move when God is telling you to move because those that opportunity may not be there tomorrow or next week. Everything that you want to live, to, to, that you need to live, is when you cross over with God. Like I said, for some of us, if we don't cross over now with God, you know, he may not, he will not come back again for some of you. Some of us, for me, for some of us, he will not come back again. Because for some of you, this is, he's been talking to you years and years and years about the same thing. Years and years and years. Start this. Do this. Stop this. Don't do that. Prepare for this. And, and he's telling you over and over and over again. So for some of us, the Lord will not come back around again, you know. And if he does come back around again, you'll be too old or you'll be too dead. You know, you won't even be here. So the thing is, we have to be sensitive when, when God, don't take his grace for granted. Don't take it, the fact that he's going to come around again. Yeah, he is a merciful God. He, but at some point, you know, as we see with Sodom and Gomorrah, at some point he had to move on. Judgment came. So the thing is, you know, we people like to say, um, 
oh, I'm praying and praying and praying and nothing happened. God is not a genie. Yeah, you're praying and praying, but you have a responsibility. I have a responsibility. You know, James said, faith without works is dead. There are some things that we're going to have to do. And some of those things we're going to have to do comes when we begin to move with God. Um, cross, Like I said, cross over. Don't look back. Don't be like Lot's wife. If you cross over, you'll cross over in peace, in victory. Cross over knowing, this is what God is saying, that I have everything in control. Cross over knowing that it is finished. Struggling, worry, it is finished when you cross over. Cross over. Peace is on the other side. Right now you don't have peace, but peace is on the other side. Joy is on the other side. Long-suffering is on the other side. Whatever you need, God is saying, is in me, is on the other side. So you don't have to fear. You don't have to worry about um, how things are going to turn out and be worried or whatever. Everything that you need is on the other side, of, and the other side is Jesus Christ. That's where the, the other side is. Lose your ideas and your ways of thinking, you know. Um, you, some of you, you were hurt. You feel like you were left behind. So what? Just move on. God has said, I'm moving for some of us, and some of us I have already moved. The ark is no longer behind the wall, you know. The ark is no longer behind the veil. It's no longer hidden. The ark, again, that visible manifestation of God. You know, he's saying the ark now is in plain sight. God, the manifestation of God is visible. What he wants to show you now is visible. You can see him. You know, you can see him now, so follow him now. You know, you, you need clarity. Clarity is on the other side. Like I said before, peace, joy, long-suffering is on the other side. There is peace. There is hope. All of that is on the other side. Your strength, all of that is on the other side. Your mantle is on the other side. You know, good is on the other side. So God is saying, move now with me into the supernatural. We have to move out of complacency. You know, um, we have to move out of ourselves and what we think and what we feel. We have to begin to move with God. God is saying, I'm your shield, your buckler, and an exceedingly great reward. You know, that's what he's saying to us. You know, again, as believers, okay, we have to um, begin to Move when God says that we have to move. What does that mean? How do I move? That's when you begin to pray. You move by being sensitive to God. You move by when he tells you to shut up, you shut up. When he tells you to speak, you speak. You know, when he tells you, you know, or you get a knowing in your spirit to kind of, you know, buy these certain types of books or get rid of these types of books or to turn the TV off. It's not a big thing with moving with God. It's just being sensitive to him. It's knowing when um, you may know, not know why he's doing you're doing the certain things or why you you feel this way, but know that something God is doing something in your spirit. He wants you to move on. You've been praying years now. God, I want this. I'll show me this. Give me your glory, your power, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? But God and He wants to do that. But you have to be sensitive to the movement. And sometimes when we move, you may you're gonna have to let go of old ideas or what you thought. In addition to that, you're going to have to get some new ideas. You're going to have to expand your horizons for some of for some of us because God wants us to move. Are there any questions or comments? I have a, a, a comment, Elva, and uh, I like to um, comment on that moving with God, and, and it, as you're saying, moving over on over to the other side. Amen. But a lot of a lot of our listeners, a lot of our you know, followers 
that are just following us by the email only, you know, they need to understand that moving with God requires a commitment. Amen. You know, it requires the faith in God, commitment to God, not commitment to the baggage and the and the and the little, you know, carnal things that we have, the little worldly possessions, but commitment to God and his will and his way. And and in order to move out of self to move with God, people need to stop knowing so much about themselves. You know, some people can tell you, hold a conversation with you all day long about themselves from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet, what they like, what they dislike, what they what they can do, what they can't do, and what this part of their body do and, and all that stuff. So moving with God requires us to denounce self. It Amen. requires us to know more about God, his word, and his spirit, his ways, his plan, his purpose in us and in his people, his vision, his areas of concern than ourselves. You know, we, we, we need to understand that as we move over to the other side, amen, that we don't need to take that baggage that was holding us in this wilderness area on this side in this season. We don't need to be hanging on to things that, that God is not concerned about in the areas of, well, you know, this is my husband, this is my wife, these are my children, and and, and, and this is my favorite niece and nephew, and, and I have these things and these people, you know, are on my heart. All those things don't need to move with God because, see, one thing about it, God is very concerned about the things that concern us. Amen. And he's concerned about the things that concern us as to where it will hinder his will. Amen. So he doesn't, and he doesn't want that kind of stuff to take place in our lives. So we, as believers and Christians, sons of God, saints, whoever you know, whatever label we're wearing, we need to understand when we move with God, we we have to surrender all to move with God, commit ourselves to His will and His purpose, and not commit ourselves to self and what we know about self. And, and I'm telling you, that in itself will open up many doors. That in itself will cause you to move on the other side. Amen. Because mm-hmm. I tell you, this is a good lesson. You know, when the spiritual appetite, you mentioned spiritual appetite changing. Some people don't even know when their appetite changes. They don't even know they have a spiritual appetite or they don't know they should have a spiritual appetite. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you know, Knowing God, knowing his ways, knowing what he requires of us individually and corporately will cause our taste for righteousness to be enhanced, our taste for holiness to to be, you know, endowed upon us where we want to dwell in those areas. But if we don't know we have a spiritual taste, we don't know we have a spiritual appetite or should have those things, it makes it hard because, as you say, you can't stay in the 12th grade. It's been five years now, you know, in the 12th grade. You should be ready to graduate. 
Amen. And and that's just the way it is in the spirit realm. Amen. We lay in the in the areas of the spirit and we just go through this form, this form and fashion, this format. And Amen. we don't want to move forward because we a lot of us are fearful of moving forward. A lot of us don't want to know what God has planned for us. A lot of us are comfortable in these comfort zones. And you know, I'm saved me and mine and, and I'm satisfied with that. And and that's not that's not God's plan. God has no, a plan no. and a purpose for all of us in Him. Amen. You know, He has a reason for calling us out of darkness into His marvelous light. He has a reason for wanting us to move in Him, move forward with Him. Amen. You know, and we need to tune in, get in touch, get in His presence to know what He requires of us. You know, that's why I said the areas that concern God, are they the areas that the areas that we're in that we're trying to move in, is God in that? Is mm-hmm. God moving in that area? Is that an area of concern and pleasure for him? Amen. 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 God bless you, Apostle. That's so true. Amen. 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 Because the thing is like you said, we have to surrender all. We have to Amen. surrender all and commit our ways to his purpose. Amen. Amen. Any other comments? Amen. Amen. Because, you know, going with what you were saying, Apostle, about surrendering it all and committing our ways to its purpose, you know, they, we think about the, as I go to the last paragraph here, you know, the question is, as believers, do we wait for instruction from God? Or do, well, I'll read it, as believers, do you wait for instruction from God? Or do you believe that you already know the way and go about making things happen on your own? Mm. Amen. Mm. And, and that, that was the question. And the thing is, you know, I thank God for Elder for sending me that question because the thing is, as believers, you know, do we wait for instruction for God or do we just do what we know? Do we believe that we already know the way and go about making things happen on our own? And that goes back to what you were saying, Apostle, is that how we have to surrender. Because when we surrender and we're concerned about the areas that concern God, then we would then answer this question will be, yes, we do wait for instruction. Mm-hmm. But if we don't um, are not concerned or we don't surrender all to God, then we're not going to wait. That's Amen. true. Amen. That's- and another thing, Elder, in that area is just so amazing that you would say that. In that last question, I was sharing with uh, tradition and ritual with a young lady that I was talking to at the VA today. And, and it's amazing because of the fact that those things fall in the lines of tradition and rituals. You know, because we don't want to, we don't want God to, we don't want to get the instructions from God. We want, we want to tell God, we want to bring God down here on our level and tell Amen. God what pleases Him. Mm-hmm. And see that that don't work with God, and that don't operate in His will, His areas of concern, and it's definitely not His word. Amen. And if you look at the way a lot of the uh, in the spiritual world. Well, I ain't gonna say in the spiritual world. I'm gonna take that back. But in the in on this earth, as man portrays, you know, they portray what God is doing in the spirit realm, supposedly. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is what they're portraying is a form of godliness. You're right. 
And they're not really they're not really portraying the in spirit and truth of what God is all about and what God requires. So it becomes a tradition, it becomes a form of godliness. And and that that that's enough in itself to keep a person bound, keep a person from moving uh-huh. with God. Amen. Because Amen. They're not going anywhere with God like that because, like I said, they're doing what they think pleases God. And see, we without instructions, we don't know what pleases God. Amen. And, not, and then one of us will do this, and the next one will do that. And like I say, everybody want to sing, everybody want to cut CDs, everybody want to prophesy, everybody want to lay hands, everybody want their names and lights, but nobody want to move with God and follow Amen. God's instructions. Amen. 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 Truly, truly, Elder. Um, I just want to say something right here, also, where where you say, Amen. Instead of waiting on God, we want to try to make things happen on our own. And like Apostle was saying, that we're not really concerned about what it is that God is doing. We want to tell God, God, you follow me instead of we following Him. He said He'll direct our path, and mm-hmm. we're trying to get ahead of Him to make things happen when it don't look like God is moving in our time frame. Amen. Oh, you're taking too long for this, God. I need you to move now. Amen. But if we just wait on God, amen, and follow his lead, he knows the perfect plan. He has all knowledge, wisdom, and understanding concerning us, concerning every situation on this earth. Amen. amen. So when we wait on him, we move in his perfect will. Yes. Amen. Yes. Instead of us trying to get ahead of God and find ourselves in trouble, and now we got, oh, God, oh, God, and we want him to jump in this thing, amen, when we done made a mess of things. Amen. But, amen, we thank and praise God that he loves us so much, amen, amen, that he will come and see about us, but we got to learn to be able to move with God. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen, God for Elder. One more thing I'd like to say, and I, I, I'm a hush, but I think I don't believe that mankind really knows God enough, know the ways of God, and I don't think they really believe it. Take Him at His word in believing that He says in the beginning was the Word. Amen. Amen. Was with God, and the Word was God. I don't think mankind has really swallowed the word of God in spirit and in truth to know that God, when God says, I knew you before you became a substance in your mother's womb, I knew you when when there was nothing on this earth, when everything was just, you know, my spirit was just hovering this earth, and I had not even separated the, the, the heavens from the earth, but I knew you. Yes. See, and I don't think I don't really think that mankind really understand God and His Word to the point of knowing that He knows the beginning and the end, and He declares that He's the Alpha and the Omega. Amen. He knows the beginning and the end. He knows every one of our beginnings and endings, individually and corporately. He knows our cry. He knows everything there is to know. He knows our move before we're gonna do it. And I don't. I don't think that you know the 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 the, the so-called gospel people, people that are in the gospel. You know, Jesus set the way. Jesus set the example. But we just look at that like, okay, that was Jesus. You know, we just leave it like it was so nonchalant and just let it rest like that. And when all the actuality, Jesus was the one that came and let to let us know what the Father requires. Yes, he came yes. to set the example of saying this is what pleased God. But yet we're still trying to override that. 
And rather go, we'd rather go through a form of godliness, a traditional form and ritual, a religious manner, self-righteous manner, and mm-hmm. portray this and say, okay, this is what God, what pleases God. We're in the spirit of, uh, of, of things with God now. God is moving by his power for us. I don't, I don't really think that, that, that people really believe the word of God to the point that this word can come alive on this earth. I don't think they really believe and they have seen it to the point that it has come alive on this earth to back up and say, oh, my God, you are the true and living God. Amen. Amen. I said I was going to shut up. Go ahead, Elder. No, amen, amen. What I what I hear from you and Elder, what you were saying, it boils down to humility. Well, people, we full of pride. We don't want to hear from God, and we don't want to do this because we think we know. You know, we don't. People don't. They can't, don't trust God because they trust themselves, that's and it. that's nothing but pride. Amen. And, and like I said, and when God really do move and come through, God moves for all of his people. He don't have no select group. He no. don't have a certain sociable type person or status quo or whatever. He moves, he moves for all. And when God moves in such a manner, the first thing comes out of their mouth, that ain't God. Yes, yes. Yes. So I tell you, we, we've got to learn as we move with God, move forward in God, we've got to know the ways of God. Yes. You know, and be able to portray that. Because, see, the, the, the things that are being portrayed now are so worldly and so self-righteous. I, I'm, I'm about to ask, myself, ask God myself, where are you at in this stuff? Amen. Amen. Mm. My Lord. Amen. Amen. But I, I thank God. I thank God for the word and the comments and, you know, just learning to move with God. You know, like everybody said, God not only controls the seasons and changes, he is the season and the change. But in order to, to, to get to that point, you know, we have to surrender all. We have to commit our ways to his purpose and, you know, be concerned about those things that concern him. We have to trust and be flexible. But, again, none of those things are going to happen if we um, are full of pride, you know, if we don't humble ourselves to God. Because in order to um, surrender all, I have to realize that my flesh is nothing, that I'm nothing, and God is everything, That's you true. know. And to commit to his ways, I have to realize that my ways are, are are just nothing. They don't make any sense. That God is the Alpha and Omega, like you said, the beginning and the end, and He knows everything, and He is everything. But again, you know, I, I, again, I have to be able to. Um, we have to be able to humble ourselves, you know. And humble ourselves is not just walking around with a, a rag on our head or you know dressing a certain way, but humbleness or saying that I'm humble, but humbleness is from the heart, is in the heart, because. It's how I respond to God. It's how I, I respond to, to, to when God tells me no, or when God says move this way, or when he tells me to read my Bible, to, to talk, not to talk, or, you know, just being flexible to what God would have us to do. But in order to do that, if I can't do it if I'm hard, with stiff-necked and hard hard and, and in rebellion. That's true. That's Amen. true. Amen. That's true. 
Because as you said, you know, the heart, God looks at the heart. And see, that's another thing that has tripped man out, mankind out. Because, see, they don't realize that God deals with the intent of the heart. He knows that intent of our heart before we even it becomes a thought to us to do it. Amen. So, therefore, you know, and we try to throw a rock and hide our hand from God, uh, you know, to make God say, okay, well, God, I'm going to do this this time. But God already know you're not going to do it. He already right. knows whether you're going to do it or not. So, I mean, people play with God to the point like to, to the point that, like, he's like man. But he's mm-hmm. not like man. Right. Amen. Amen. And they, they, they try to make him appear to be, oh, yeah, he's just like us. He, You know, I can move him at will, and I can get him to do this. And I know we can't. No. no, we can't. We 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 lose respect. We don't have no respect for the Lord. We don't want to honor the Lord. And the Lord says that before his word fell, one jot or tither, heaven and earth is going to pass away. Do we really believe that? My Lord. Amen. Today, today we had we've been on a tornado watch here, and I tell you, I saw the storm come through this place. You know, and the people at work would come in to my. Well, this is storm might take us in. I said, not as long as you're in the ship. Amen. When you're in the ship, when you're in the ark of safety, ain't nothing gonna happen to you. Because you're riding in the arms of the Lord. He's the one that's in charge of that storm out there. Mm-hmm. He's the one that will tell that storm, peace be still, when it comes in your area. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, and I watch the news and I listen to the news. when they talk, All they talk about was the storm this, the storm that. Nobody gave God the credit when that rainbow hit that sky. And then that rainbow says to mankind, I didn't forget my promise I made. Holy, hey, my God. Glory. Nobody remembered that. That's why I said, you know, moving with God, but we need to move with God in his concerns in the areas that please him. There's no concern about what all that, that, that tornado did and what all that wind and that rain did. Thank you, Jesus. But I was looking for the rainbow. Amen. In the ship, and I knew I was in the ship, but I wanted to see the rainbow. I kept saying at work, does anybody see the rainbow out there? Mm-hmm. But I thank the Lord because when I got home, I saw the rainbow. Because the, the wind and the rain came through again, came through hard. It rained so hard like it looked like it was Foggy outside. That's how hard that wind and rain with hell was coming down. God. But I tell you, God is so wonderful. He's so yes, great. He and he yes, loves us so much that the rainbow came. Amen. Amen. But I did a picture of it because it says to mankind, I know you're there. I, I see you. Mm-hmm. I, had to, I had to send this through the earth because there's some things I need to clean up. There's some things yeah. I need to blow off this earth or blow out of your area. There's some things I even had to destroy. Amen. Amen. We need to understand. We need to learn to understand, to want to understand, because he'll tell us. He'll tell us who he is and tell us about him. Yes, he will. Amen. He'll put us in his word to guide and lead us to understand who he is, what pleases him, what delights him. Amen. Amen. So to move with him, we got to love him. We got to be able to to be tolerable and tolerate his ways. 
because his ways may not always be understandable to ours. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to thing alone, Elder. Go ahead. No, God bless you. Let the Lord use you. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I tell you, I'm on the Lord's side. I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm against my own will, so I can come against the will of others also. So I tell you, I, I understand that, that we are human. I understand that, that, you know, we're just mere this and mere that. But I also understand that we serve a God that says, I love you. I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Yes. And he says, Lo, I am with you even until the end of this world. Amen. So I tell you, his word in my in my eyesight, in my heart, in my belief is believable. Yes, it his is. His word is flexible, but it's believable because one thing about it, he's not contrary in his word. Amen. Amen. So I tell you, we serve a great God. And, and, you know, I just want to share to the listeners tonight, those that don't say anything, you know, if you're in a place in the Lord and you're not going nowhere, you're not moving with God, go to him and ask him, what is the problem? You might need to renew your vows with him. You might need a rebirth. You might need to be baptized again. You might need to study more. You might need to pray and seek his presence. Get in his presence. Ask him, what must I do to just get in your presence, to be able to bask in you so I can be able to come to understand and know your ways. Know what it is you require me so I don't end up with a form of godliness or a pretense and walking around believing and thinking that I'm one way and I'm not even meeting the mark according to your will. All right. Amen. So we share with we share with people, you know, the truth because see, we we have to live by this truth. So when you live by this truth, you got to teach it as you live it. Amen. You got to teach it as he gives it to you to understand as he instructs you in other words. Amen. Amen. And God is good and he's faithful and he's and he's ready. He's always been ready to back up his truth. Yes, he is. Oh, yeah, he's always been ready, and he is ready to back up every word that comes out of his servant's mouth. Amen. His people's mouth, in spirit and in truth, he's ready to back up his word. So it's a good thing to move with God, but know you're moving with God. Know you you ain't trying to bring your baggage on the other side, you know, with God. Because Amen. one thing about it, he's not a dumb God. He's not a crazy God. And he is not far off in knowing who we really are and Amen. what we're really made up of. Amen. 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 That's what happens when you say you ain't going to say nothing. <laughs> well, that's all right. Well, that's all right. Oh, and have mercy. <laughs> well, I want everybody to make sure they have their, their pen um, as I said at the beginning, so you can take down the scriptures that we talked about tonight and you get a chance to go over them during the week. Ecclesiastics 3 and 1. I'll just read them one more time. Ecclesiastics 3 and 11. 1 Samuel 15, 35. 1 Samuel 16, 1. Exodus 13, 21. I think those were the, the main scriptures that we had for for tonight. Mm, yeah, I think those are the main ones. And we just thank God for the comments that we made that were made. We thank God for our apostle. We thank God for everybody on the line, our elders, ministers, and we just 
thank God for his word, and we thank God for another opportunity to come to Bible study. Um, we're going to go ahead and pray, and we're going to close out. Amen. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we love, we appreciate you, and we magnify your name. Lord, we thank you for bringing us together on this call one more time. Lord, we thank you for allowing us, Lord God, to hear your word, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us scriptures to read that we can study throughout the week, Lord God, and that your scriptures can come alive to us even more, Lord God, as we read them on an individual basis. Pray that every scripture, Lord God, that would begin to reveal itself, that you would reveal yourself to every in, in every scripture to everyone who's listening, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Bless, strengthen, and encourage. Look on our apostle, our elder, our ministers. Look on our pastor. Bless, Lord, strengthen. Look on families, Lord God. Pray that you would open doors and make ways for your people, Lord God. We love and we appreciate you, and we magnify your name. Amen. 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 God bless you, saints. God bless you. God bless you.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.